Hello, everybody. Hey, this is John Fenn, Church Without Walls International, CWOWI.org. Hope you'll visit our website. We're all about the discipleship process, celebrating the gathering of the saints in home churches, rotating homes, rotating leaders, uh, just as they did for the first 300 years in Christianity, and how it's done elsewhere around the world who uh, aren't so ingrained in the 1,700-year-old tradition of the auditorium. So anyway, you'll find all sorts of videos, articles, and things like that about that there. This is about the discipleship process today. Uh, I want to share about the question of Malachi 3, the teaching of the tithe. Is tithing for today? And uh, explain all about it, and I'm going to try to do that in 15 minutes or less. So first off, let me say this. Probably everybody who sat in a church has heard Malachi 3 uh, and been urged, bring the tithes into the storehouse so you'll have plenty to eat. And I will improve me, test me, see if I won't pour out for you a blessing, which you won't even have room to contain. And so the pastor uses that for a long involved guilt trip about tithing and everything else. But the interesting thing is, folks, that tithing is not mentioned in the New Testament for a very simple reason. It's because the cross and the resurrection is a giant filter. And anything that does not make it through that sieve, anything that doesn't make it through that filter is not for today. Tithing began in Genesis chapter 14 when Abraham voluntarily, out of the grace of his heart, gave 10% of the spoil to Melchizedek. Therefore, the, the first mention of tithing is grace. It is a free will offering, and that's how it was intended throughout the, the Old Testament. And, uh, and, and so giving, tithing has been swallowed up in New Testament truth. For instance, we, we don't have a temple with the Levitical priesthood today. And pastors try to make that transition and say, okay, that church is the house of God. But folks, if you're going to live by the law, you've got to die by the law. James 2.10 says that if you live by the law and you break one point, then you're guilty of everything. So I have to kind of, and not laugh at, not mocking, not, not arrogantly or anything like that, but I have to wonder at some of those who, who seek to pick and choose elements of the Mosaic law that they want to obey. You know, they'll meet, uh, you know, anyway. So so let's talk about this. Because, you know, Jesus said in Matthew 23, 23, he says, you tithe of your mint and anise and cumin, and these things you ought to do, but not to have left the other things undone. So, you know, people who say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to live by the tithe because that's the Old Testament law, have lost sight of the fact it's actually a grace, and it's been swallowed up in the New Testament. In the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, don't you know you are the temple of God? The Spirit of Christ lives in you, Christ in you. See, we God doesn't live in a building anymore. He moved into people. And so when you give, it's to people. It's to fellow temples of God who have Christ in them, the hope of glory. And so that's transitioned into the New Testament. But let me, let me explain Malachi 3. First, I want to explain the tithing and summarize that real quickly. And then I'll explain uh, what the Malachi 3 is actually talking about, what that scripture is talking about, opening the floodgates of heaven, and, and why was God using irrigation terms and stuff like that. And then again, summarize it by what I've said about the New Testament truths. So first off, to understand that the Jewish tithing system that was introduced uh, in the laws of Moses. Again, Abraham offered a free will offering 10% of the spoil. But when you get to the time of Moses, you've got to understand this. The, 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 the nation... Uh, functioned on a seven-year cycle. Six years they worked, excuse me, six days they worked, 
and then they rested the seventh day. Six years they worked, then they rested the seventh year. Seven sets of years, or six sets of years, they worked, and then they rested on the 49th year, the year of Jubilee. So six days of work, one day of rest, six years of work, one year of rest. So there are actually four tithes mentioned in the Old Testament, and they were given only six out of the seven years. On the seventh year, there was no tithing. There was no giving at all. Uh, they lived off of the blessing from the sixth year. And let me explain them for, to you. First, well, the first tithe is called the Teruma, T-E-R-U-M-A-H. And it is, it was the tithing of the first fruits. Uh, so the, the offering of the first fruits. So uh, for any farmers out there and everything, it would be the 10% off of that. Then there was the, Ma, and I'm going to choose to mispronounce it this way, <laughs> Maaser Rishon, which is M-A with a mark, A-S-E-R-R-I-S-H-O-N, and that is the first tithe. Now, the first tithe went to the Levites, okay? So the, the first fruits went to uh, the priests, the actual priests who functioned in the service of the temple, but the first tithe, the Maaser Rishon, went to the Levites as a tribe. So not only if you were working in the temple, but just as a tribe, if you were a member of the tribe of Levi, then the first tithe went to you. The next one is the Maaser Min Hamaser, <laughs> M-A with the mark, A-S-E-R, new word, M-I-N, new word, H-A-M-A with the mark, A-S-E-R. It is the tithe of the tithe. That is, the Levites had received the first tithe. They now tithe off of that, and they give to the priests who are working the temple. Because you've got to understand, the temple was only so large, and there were only so many jobs available. But there were many more Levites. But not everyone qualified. Not everybody was a, a priest at the temple and in the rotation and all that stuff. There are many of the, the tribe of, of Levi. And so, and so the first fruits was the Teruma. And then the first tithe went to the Levites. And then the tithe of the tithe, the Levites gave their 10% to the priests. And then the, there was the Maaser Shani, which is M-A with the mark A-S-E-R, new word S-H-E-N-I, which is the second tithe. And that second tithe was for the people. Okay, so here's the way it worked. The tithes were, tithes were only offered six out of the seven years. On the first, second, fourth, and fifth years, the second tithe was taken to Jerusalem, offered to the Lord, and then it was eaten by the people who actually gave it. They ate their own tithe after after the priest took their part and the offering was made to the Lord. Uh, they put on a big party for everyone to attend because they wanted to rejoice in how God had blessed them. Uh, on the third and the sixth year, the second tithe stayed home. And that also was to take care of the orphans, the widows, the poor in their midst. So on the third and the sixth year, the second tithe stayed home within the walls of the city. It was used to take care of the poor, take care of the widows, take care of the orphans, take care of anybody who was in need. So um, the, the the purpose of the tithe was not to support the hierarchy of the temple structure, but it was actually to help alleviate poverty and the needs of the people. And and so in the same way that's carried over into the New Testament, where in Acts chapter 4, we see people laying down gifts at the feet of the apostles for their care and feeding, but their giving was also horizontally, so to speak, among themselves as they had need. And because they were freed to do this, they didn't have to give to a temple to support it any longer, but they could give to living temples. Because of that, there were no needs in their midst. And that's how we function in CWOW today. Our Church of That Walls International, what we call CWOW, is, is that the, the house church... Uh, 
is responsible for taking care of its own needs. But if a need is larger than what it can handle, then they appeal to the network. We see this in Acts chapter 11 with Antioch uh, sending an offering in the hands of Paul, Barnabas and Paul for the for the famine that was affecting or soon to affect uh, Judea. And so and so it was too large for the local people in the Jerusalem area to handle. So Antioch, uh, you know, sent an offering to help out. So that's the way we function today. And that way there are no needs among us. So that is the, the those are the four tithes of Israel. So it's, it's amusing a little bit that pastors either withhold this information from their people or they don't know it themselves and they're just regurgitating what they they themselves have heard. Um, but th that they would that they would say, okay, you got to bring all the tithes. Well, which one, pastor? Is this, you know, and, and do I do, I mean, by the time of Jesus, they had demanded that, that they tithe their mint, anise, and cumin. So if you're going to live by the law of the tithe and, and you need to participate in all four of those, then you need to, to eat the tithe yourself for a good part of the time. And you need to help out any needs in your congregation and, and not give it to the priest or the pastor or whoever and take care of yourselves. But you should do both, you know, because that's the New Testament pattern, both to, to the leaders and then to the individuals. Um, and then, and then you have to ask, have you tithed out of your, your spice rack? Have you taken your spice rack and poured out 10% of your chili powder, your garlic powder, your minced onion, your cumin, uh, things of that and given it to the, to the pastor? Or to the church, because if you're going to follow the law, you got to obey it all. You know, uh, you don't wear mixed blends. You can't put a, a wool polyester together, a cotton polyester together. You can't mix. You know, if you're going to follow the law, then follow the law. Otherwise, you've got to say, "Hey, Malachi three really isn't for today. It's swallowed up by the New Testament truth that we are temples and and we give of ourselves 100. percent And so, therefore, and therefore, uh, you know, you're not limited. You're not you're not cursed at 9.009 percent giving and then suddenly pass into blessing with the heavens opened at 10.001. Christ is how the Father God relates to us. Father God relates to us through the blood of Jesus, not according to your pocketbook. Anyway, now I'm moving on. Real quickly, uh, explaining the Malachi 3 uh, in terms of now um, what it was talking about, irrigation terms. The word floodgate or headgate in the Hebrew is an irrigation term. And God said, I will pour out a blessing to you, which you'll not have room enough to contain. I didn't understand how this worked until I lived in Southeast Colorado where they irrigated the crops. And... What I found out is that indeed, in that case from the river, there is a series of canals that come out and each farmer gets a turn at the water and the head gate or the floodgate is opened up and the water flows into what's called borrow ditches because you borrow the water from it. They're borrow ditches, although in American slang, it gets turned into burrow ditches or something, but it's borrow ditches. And so the water flows into those ditches, which then flows into the field of that farmer. Uh, the the crops are raised are, are raised uh, are grown in a raised rows and then the water flows in between those furrows in those furrows and then there's so much water too much to contain so the water flows out the other side of the field and goes back into a ditch and goes to your next door neighbor's field and so pour when God says I'm going to pour out you know more than you can contain of course we all know irrigation began in Mesopotamia you know 5000 years ago or whatever and and Israel even today is is at the top of the game in in technology in terms of irrigation so the lord uses this in Malachi 3 so he's talking about pouring out water to, that would irrigate their fields but here's the point when people hear Malachi 3 they think that if i give it automatically translates into either more money in my pocket or something of that nature but let, let's look at this as a New Testament truth. Um, first off, um, Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, verses 11 through 20, you can go to 12 and 13, and Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable of the sower, then you won't understand any parable. 
And so the parable of the sower, where the sower sows the word, some into good ground, some into thorny ground, some into rocky ground, some really good soil. Um, if you don't understand that parable, then you won't understand any other parable that Jesus taught. That's Jesus' own words. Mark chapter 4, verses 11, 12, 13, as he starts into the parable. And so we have to understand in, in the parable, the seed is the word of God and, and, and Christ in us and what he's doing. The soil, the earth is what the seed grows in. That is the heart of man. Okay. So, so we know that the earth or, or the dirt is the heart of man. The seed is the word of God and the water. Of course, Jesus said in John seven thirty seven, uh, you know, out of, if you believe in me out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And then in verse 38, the apostle John adds in, in parentheses, this, he spoke of the Holy Spirit, which would be given to those who believe. So we know that the water stands for the Holy Spirit. The, the earth, the dirt stands for the heart of man and the seed is the word of God and what God's doing in your life. So you take that back to Malachi three, knowing that we're not under the law, uh, that has been swallowed up in the victory of the cross and the resurrection and that we are temples and we give to one another. We give to leadership. We give of our, we're free to give more than 10%. In fact, even under the law, the Old Testament Jew would have given, uh, every estimate I've seen is 22%, 21.7%, uh, or thereabouts. Um, but, but it's swallowed up in that. So when we go back to Malachi 3, what do we see? We see that the water being poured out is the Holy Spirit who flows onto our field, which is our heart that causes our crop to rise up. That is the work God is doing in our lives. That's our ourselves, our family, our home, our jobs, our work, our possessions, everything that we have. And so the water of the Holy Spirit is more than we can contain, and it waters, it waters our lives. And there's and and then we give out the Holy Spirit to others after it, after He has blessed our lives and saturated us and caused our crop to be blessed. See, there's not a direct translation between you think, okay, if I give, therefore my bank account will go ka-ching. There's more in there. No, no, no. What He's promising to pour out to the giver is a life of grace, a life of the Holy Spirit being poured out in your life. So let me ask you this: In your job, have you had divine ideas? Have you had words of knowledge? Have you had words of wisdom? Have you had insight? that didn't come from you but came from the Lord that had blessed your job. Yes, that is evidence that what I'm saying of Malachi 3 is accurate and right, that he's pouring out for you more. You have more ideas. You can lay there at night and you've got ideas for inventions and you've got ideas for books and movies and stuff that you don't have any talent for, but it's like this creativity just flows out of you because you have the Holy Spirit who is so creative, created the universe. You know, the the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water before God spoke and, and brought the, the world into existence. And, and you just think about all these things. It's like, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the, the blessing. And Jesus said, if you give, it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Luke 6.38. So in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians 1st 1 Corinthians 16, 2, Paul said, set aside something weekly according to how God has blessed you that week. In the New Testament, Christ is in us that we are the temples. So you're not going to have the Lord pass a, a spiritual bucket under your nose and saying, you've got to do this, or you've got to do that. Paul places the responsibility on each individual. Hey, Christ is in you. You're a temple. You decide what you're going to give. And are there blessings? Yes, there are huge blessings. But Paul said in 1 Corinthians 16 too, you set aside something according to God, how God has blessed you. You know what? If you will live under the grace of giving, you'll find you'll give much more than 10%. And it'll be out of grace. It'll go out, out of love because it is in your heart to give. And, and Paul, I love what he wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 9 and verses 10 and 11 in there. He says this, he says, God supplies seed to be sown and bread for your food. And he will make all, gra all grace abound to you that you may have all sufficiency in all things. 
and abound to every good work. That's what our job is, folks, to decide what the money that we have in our pocket, how much is seed, how much is bread. You don't want to eat your seed, but you don't want to give away your bread. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9 are great. 2 Corinthians 8, 11, I love it because Paul says when a person wants to give, it's figured according to what you have, not according to what you don't have. In other words, don't go into debt to give. You know, use a charge card if you need be, but pay that thing off. Don't go into debt to give. It's based on what you have, not what you don't have. So I hope this has been a blessing to you. In the grace of the New Testament, You'll, if you will live a lifestyle of giving because you're in relationship with others in that, in, in our case, it's house church, home church, and you're making sure that there are no needs in your midst uh, and that you, you look for other opportunities, you'll find that you'll give much more than 10% and you won't even notice that it's gone. And you will see a grace on your life of divine ideas, of creativity, of, of timing, of everything else that God's pouring out for you because he's watering the crop of your field uh, so much so that you won't have room to contain it. All right, hope this makes sense. Visit our website, cwowi.org. God bless. I've gone along here today.